quite frankly, we're wood snobs, so we don't really like any of those other <laughs> products. So oh, uh, we spend more time explaining Talking, talking why- people out of vinyl plank and, and such and why hardwood's so much better. Wood floor pros, look out. All things wood floor goes international once again as we welcome Greg and Leona Cook of Touchwood Flooring, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, eight-time recipient of the Flooring Consumer Choice Award. I'm your host, Steve Diggins, and I'll be talking with the cooks about design elements and functionality in hardwood flooring, their brilliant 30-year partnership, their decades-long relationship with their flooring contractors, and a bit about wood and vinyl in our industry today. Touchwood Flooring has been extremely successful in the purveyance of fine hardwood flooring, so there's plenty to learn here today. All right, sit up straight, pull back your shoulders, stick your gum under the desk. You can retrieve it later. ATWF and Wood Floor Business welcome Greg and Leona Cook, an absolute hardwood flooring success story. Floor pros around the world, let's get to it. Leona and Greg Cook, welcome. Touchwood Flooring, Alberta, Canada. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Nice to meet you, as well. (laughs) For what you do in retail, do you also uh, have to work with um, ceramic and LVT, SPC, all the floorings and the carpetings, or is it just hardwood? We're specialized in hardwood. Good. Yeah. So that's that's all we do is hardwood flooring. I mean, a little bit of laminate, a little bit of vinyl plank, but uh, quite frankly, we're wood snobs, so we don't really like any of those other <laughs> products. So oh, uh, we spend more time explaining Talking, talking why- people out of vinyl plank and, and such and why hardwood's so much better. But, uh, yeah. I used to do seminars and teach people how to sand and finish an install, and they would ask why I was doing that. I said, because you'll, you'll never do it yourself again. You'll tell your, yeah. all your friends to go hire us and pay us anything they can. Because yeah. if you think you can sand a floor, forget it. But installation is no breeze e- either. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, sanding and finishing is, is an art. It mm-hmm. really is. And the people who are good at it deserve every penny that they make. Yeah. yeah. Install, installers as well. Installers as well. I, I have to laugh at the people that, uh, well, it's just, it's just it's hardwood floor. It's easy. <laughs> oh, we've, I've written a whole articles about, oh, it's just a jigsaw puzzle. If I knew it was this easy, I would have just had my husband do it as yeah, he yeah. growl. And, uh, take that number one comment out of the van and put it in the middle of their dining room floor. Yeah. But, you know, you just mentioned um, how valuable the installers are. We talk about it all the time. It's so hard to get talented, qualified people, et cetera. With all that you've done and been able to do – it seems like you have a really good connection with the people that do your work. Are, they're not employees, are they? Are they all subcontractors? How do you keep that all together and you're able to keep the level that you do with that kind of quality? Um, pay them well. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and also, too, we don't go down a list. If Like we have these set guys that we use all the time and we try to keep them busy all the time. Right. And so – if somebody wants to go, well, our next available time slot is here. We don't go, okay, well, we'll go down a whole list and have somebody there tomorrow. Like it's, you know, we want to use our guys and less headaches and uh, keep them busy. They want to work for us. It's just, it's a win-win for both ways where if we start going down the list and using people that aren't familiar with our products, aren't familiar with our standards, it just creates problems down the way. Have they been with you a long time? Yeah, I mean, well, our, our our newest crew has been with us for 
12 years now. 12 years. So, yeah. 12 years they've been doing our work. That's a long time. And uh, so, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of business reasons why you want to uh, have subcontractors working for, and, and not just subcontractors, but incorporated, you know, so they're, they're their own companies, uh, you know, the, the, the logistics of having a subcontractor working for you and uh, you're paying them and they're not taking care of their business not paying their taxes not doing this not doing that mm -hmm. that all goes away when you when you when you're hiring companies when you're hiring a company you're not hiring a subcontractor it's because they have to file a tax return every year as opposed to you know subcontractors and i mean there's there's other reasons why you want to have you know the setup the way that most companies run with their subcontractors and it's you know lots of business reasons behind it that's really smart because you think about it you have your portfolio for your customers and you have the people that spread the good word about the work that you do when I started my company, it was like everybody else. Every phone call was, why, why aren't I there personally? And you'd have yeah. to explain, at least you have the background. It's your team. They do the work. They're highly reputable. They're not chasing you specifically down to do the work. And the yeah. job will get done faster instead of Greg Houston. <laughs> so he, he won't be very fast anymore. <laughs> I thought he won the 1989 Speediest Floor Guy Award. Because yeah. I was the year before you. That was, yeah, that yeah. was never before. That was never him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that was that was that phone call. Yeah, yeah, it's it's six o'clock. I'll be home by seven, and you you know nine thirty. You drag your butt through the door, and you know, yeah, it took a little longer. <laughs> my wife, the whole time I ran my company, my wife to this day, if I give her a time schedule for anything, she refuses to believe me. And now yeah. she's a realtor. For she way worse than a flooring person. She's never <laughs> home. Now, she's still surprised after ten years that people want you to show them real estate on holidays, nights, and weekends. You know when they're not yeah. working. Yeah. It, oh, it's it's crazy. Um, but how long you've been in business? Thirty years. No, uh, well, we've been in the industry thirty years. Industry, yeah, yeah. And we've had our company for twenty-four years. So. Yeah, Always together. Did you start out together? Or are you both? Uh, I, I started about a year before him. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she was. She got into flooring business. Yeah, a little bit before, but but we started the company together. Yeah, so. And uh, we've always, as far as the flooring side of things, we've always worked together. So, so that's like being in business together for 48 years and being married for about 90. Right? <laughs> 90. Good. 90. Oh, yeah. We've been married for 30 years. And I said, obviously, I'm sure we have an anniversary. We should get extra credit. Can we work together? <laughs> you know, Greg, you're within striking distance of Leona. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. There's, a, there's a camera rolling. There's witnesses. That's true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Leona, how did you, if you got in there, how did you get into the industry? Um, I, was, I, was, I was in um, in a design arts kind of industry, which um, kind of folded. And then, um, so I thought, you know, I always wanted to be an interior designer. So I started applying around for different types of jobs within that field. And so I started doing um, draperies and blinds and that type of thing. Yeah. And um, I worked a ton of hours because at that time Greg was in the restaurant industry and he was working a ton of hours, so I might as well stay at work. And next door was a flooring store, and they came over and offered me a job because they looked like I worked my worked and worked and worked. <laughs> so then I thought, okay, well I know a bit about drapery, well then I'll learn about flooring and I'll just keep going. But it's kind of stuck. So. 
Well, you, Greg, you said it, 90 years. I started my business. My dad had a big worldwide partnership, and he said to me, listen, if you go into business, don't have a partnership. So the first thing I did was start my floor company, met another guy, and it was just so much psychologically easier and physically easier. And, you know, it, I said to my wife, this is like two marriages. We, mm-hmm. yeah. we were married young, and then I, my business partner, and I'm answering to him and his wife, and he to me and mine, and then it's, well, why did you go on vacation? And it, 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 a lot of it got crazy. You're literally managing two of these relationships. that You got yours condensed into one, luckily, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> you know, we started off, though, with a business partner. Yep. And at the time, initially when we first got going, it was great because, you know, we all had our head down and off we went. Um, but it actually probably kept us married because in the, in your early thirties, you want to be right all the time. So if you, if I had a great idea and I, and I couldn't sell it to my two business partners, well then I guess that didn't go where otherwise at 30, when you want to be right, you'd be, you know, um, trying to, you'd be fighting all the time, right? Trying to get your, get your weight where you just, if there's three people that kind of broke the tie and our people used to tell her, ask her business partner, oh God, don't you like, how do you, they must overrule you all the time. Because no, no, not at all. Because <laughs> no. he was a tiebreaker. <laughs> That's why. Do you, do you divvy up? I would think then you probably divvy up the design aspect a little bit, maybe from the technical aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, okay. you know, like, I mean, that's, Leon is so I I was in the restaurant business, so I use a lot of those terms. So it was a front house and the back house type of thing. So anyway, so yeah, Leona does Leona does all the pretty stuff and all the estimating and sales and that type Meeting of thing. Meeting with the customer, helping them pick their products and all, all the fun stuff. I the fun think. stuff, yeah. <laughs> Colors and shades well, and textures. Measures and all that. It's all the fun stuff, I think. And, and then once they've signed on the dotted line, then I take it over from there. I do the scheduling and uh, run the crews and take care of any service issues, that type of thing. And uh, I take care of the, the office functions around here as well, the bookkeeping and that type of thing. So oversee all of that. See, that's smart. When we run our showroom, we're wholesale. So every now and then, our customers are experts, but they might send somebody here. And my first question is usually with with hardwood flooring is aesthetics. And the second one might be, um, you know, besides color, you know, the width or size of the board. My third one is always technical. It's what's your Mm -hmm. heat system? What do you got for subfloor, new construction, old construction? Are there moisture issues? Because I used to work with a lot of uh, designers um, inferior desecrators, uh, interior decorators, <laughs> where they would promise the customer this elaborate form and function. And you're like, listen, this is not going to, you know, yeah. we, we did a building with 3 million feet of uh, quarter sawn oak and the new designer wanted to put in um, just plain maple over a concrete slab because it was pretty. And yeah. it's nice that you two are in the same building and you've been doing this so long to know where form and function meet. It sounds like, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, I, and and on the technical side of things, that yeah, that's that's another. Leon and I will quite often discuss things when she's talking. She's talking pretty, and I and I'm going, oh, well, okay, but what about you know yeah. what about the heating system? What about the the you know especially where we are, the uh, the heating system is crucial with the humidification. That's so we're thing. very dry here. Yeah. So it- Six months of snow on the ground tends to make things very dry here. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're in New Hampshire. It's very similar. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did all the floors in my house, and I was really impressed because you never – flooring people are never happy with their work. And, and I yeah. did a pretty good job. Well, I had this beautiful hickory engineered downstairs and didn't think, and we bought a pellet stove. 
because it is always it's oh, nine months yeah. of cold here and yeah. you can't add humidity humidity to a pellet stove so i have yeah. split veneers warped veneers on a very expensive floor oh, especially hickory right <laughs> How much hickory did you sell in thirty years? None. And then my wife picked it out of my car and said, "Let's do. Let's use this." Now I sell it to my customers carefully. Yeah. Yeah. No, we do care. We 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 are very careful with hickory too. Yeah. I was looking at some of your information on on uh, Woodfloor Business Magazine, and because uh, you, you they had recently done an article on you, and and we all get to see those articles and edit them and talk about different aspects of it. And I noticed it mentioned in there when you're talking technical, you folks seem to mix up a bit of the NWFA standard guidelines with some of your own. Is that because of the the the, the weather? Just because of the humidity, and it, it's it's you know I mean we don't tend to stray very far, but uh, you know in, in particular the humidity readings you know uh, uh, I really like to see no more than a couple percentage points between our uh, subfloors and the product that we're putting in um, I you know I like to see the, the moisture content I mean most of the manufacturers you know their their moisture contents six six to nine percent I, I really like to see that in the six to seven percent range before we install the floors just because we you know uh we just we just know that our the almost every floor that we install during the winter months is probably going to spend a portion of the winter outside of the recommended ranges right so uh so we give it every fighting chance it can and more importantly is the products that we work with they're all tried and true here mm -hmm. like we right. any a, salesman comes through wholesaler comes through and we've got this great new product line how long have you been selling it oh well it's it's brand new okay well here give us some samples we'll throw them in the warehouse and we'll talk to you in about six months right and see what samples mm -hmm. do yeah because i mean we've seen some incredible things happen to samples yeah. you know i'll get all excited to look at this you know this uh hewn maple love and then it buckles and yeah, it explodes you know <laughs> and, and 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 yeah i mean I, in, in all honesty we're taking we we test the products outside of the recommended ranges because we know that you know and 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 you also you know when you're working with with uh, manufacturers uh, there are people that are going to stand behind you and they get it. They get it. I mean, most of, most of the dealers, our manufacturers that we work with are here in Canada and, and they know the problems that we have here. And, and, you know, they're, we just can't, we can't work with dealers that are going to say that, okay, well, the, the recommended range was, is here. And obviously you were outside of that range and therefore yeah, the warranty could, is yeah. gone. If it's relatively, they're recommending 35 to 45% relative media in the house. Well, for the most part, we can, we can achieve that. But there are some times when yeah. it's minus 30 Celsius outside, their humidity is going to be hovering around 20, like 25%, you know, yeah. you know, for probably two weeks. And then it's going to go back up. So if the floor fails for those two weeks or three weeks that they weren't able to keep it, it wasn't probably a good product for us. When now. does the humidity or does it during the year? July, August or no? July, August is usually our, our most humid, but it, yeah. it starts sometimes in May. We get, you know, the April yeah. showers and 
by, by, by mid-May, the relative, I mean, during the summer months, our relative humidity is right in the target range. Like most of the summer here, of course, we take all the moisture readings all the time. So we know what the humidity is all the time. And most of the year, uh, most of the summer months, so up until, well, right now our humidity just started dropping in the last couple of days because it's been getting close to freezing overnight. Yeah, so right. the furnaces have started burning and that type of thing. So the relative humidity starts to drop down. But during the summer months, we're right in that 45, 50% relative mm-hmm. humidity range naturally. Sure. So, so that's the good news. If your floor shrunk during the winter months, open your windows, mother nature will take care yeah. of them for you in the spring. <laughs> well, yeah, if they, went, if they went in right in the first place, they're gonna be perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we get here. We we literally have the heating and the non-heating season. The heating is about nine months, and it's about three months of non-heating, and yeah. that's when the craziness starts. The, like you said, with the manufacturers being in Canada, that helps. Think about what I sell. A lot of it's milled in the south, sold in the yeah. south. When I set up our operation in um, Florida, Orlando and Jacksonville were my biggest warehouses, wide open, no acclimation, yeah. no discussion of acclimation. It's 13% all the time, every day, everywhere. You didn't even, th- didn't even really think about it. Here, sometimes you have to the, – the drivers might come in with a little snow on the trucks. Leave it there. Mix yeah. it around. Measure the wood. See how much humidity we can get back into the air, just kind of the natural way. Where are your customers coming from? Is it all through social media, a lot, advertising? A lot through the Internet. You know, years ago, every time we'd go out to do a call, um, we'd ask, so how did you hear about us? And oftentimes people said, oh, you did our neighbor's house. or A lot of it was referral. And now um, we're getting such good placement seems to be on the internet that it seems like when you say, so how did you hear about us? The most commonly it's, oh, we were on the internet. We found. Right. Yeah, good route. So it has really changed the way that's kind of through. Yeah. Obviously something that you have to. Yeah, back in the day it was, it was location, 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 and a good sized ad in the yellow pages. When was the last time you looked at one of those? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. And well, then four I, years ago, we moved off the main drag, and now we're kind of a block off of uh, another main drag, and um, but it's all come by, by internet and Google Maps, and off you go. Wasn't that better? When you come off the main drag, you're paying less. You're probably oh, yeah, getting absolutely. a much better client base and their return customers. That's got to yeah. be good. Yeah. Yeah. So most of our, well, I mean, we do do work with a few home builders. Not not any of the volume builders. That's just not a good fit for us. But uh, a lot of designers, you yeah. know. So yeah, that's. I like the designers, but then I can kind of gear them. I can talk to them with color and all that, but then I can gear them to the proper product and fit for what their what their use is going to be and you know where it's going. Well, that's so helpful because you know there's part, there's a lot of tradition in flooring, but there's there are fads and trends and. You don't have to avoid them. You can cash in on those really easy. Like right now, every rack, every piece I get in here, I swear everybody's making their version of nine different gray floors. Everything yeah. we're getting is gray. And, I'm, and I remember it being brown, and that ended. And when are the grays going to end? And then people will go back to natural, and then they'll sand their floor in 10 years. It's crazy. But yeah. the design element for you, that, that's got to keep you super busy because you, you don't just have color and shade and values. You've got the texture of the floor. You've got the width and the size. What's popular? Are you getting what we're getting? That wide plank is everything right now? We're moving out of gray and more into natural or kind of like a white wash. That kind of look seems to be the, the too popular. And white oak is king right now. It's, yeah. It's what everybody's after. And five, seven, nine inch. Yeah. No. 
Okay. We um, use a line of the Holland, and uh, of course, they're about five, six years ahead of us as far as um, design. design and, you know, color and that type of thing. So it's kind of interesting to see for them, like, they just launched a whole bunch of new colors, and out of, I think, the eight new colors, one was gray, but it was probably more gray-brown. Nice. And no other gray. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's, it's going away eventually. So about five or six years, you won't be selling gray again. Yeah. <laughs> Having been in the business as long as we have, we can we can go to just about any house that was that has a hardwood floor in it up to 30 years old, and we can tell you when it was done because of, you know... Uh, the, the trends of the time. Yeah. Does everybody remember the black maple floors with the semi-gloss finish on it? <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, those are fun to do. Well, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in this area. You're right. I could at some points go out and tell you the company and the installer who did it just yeah. by yeah. all the little telltale. Back then, some people had pneumatics. Some people only manual nailed. Some people top yep. nailed. Some people T nailed. You could tell by – there weren't many people in my area either. Are you finding that with the with the wider planks, et cetera, um, material-wise, are you having the same problem that we're all having here? There just isn't any wood right now. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean. It's, it's really the change. We were just booming at the beginning of the year, and it's really the change on what's going to happen because now we're looking at lead times of, you know, you know seven to 12 weeks. It's like, oh, my, that's never. Usually you pick up the phone and call, and, you know, they, they produce it in the next, you know, two to four weeks type of thing. So, like, this is. We have to get used to that for sure. So yeah. we used to tell people three day tell our customers anything in three days. I wish we could do that now. We we're doing very well. We have material, but you know it's the standard issue stuff that's just not available. And the manufacturers are trying to get stuff to us. They can't get it to us quick enough. And chemicals, forget it. Adhesives, polyurethanes. It's all. Yeah very yeah, hard to get rid of. Same. I mean, yeah, we're, we're all part of the same supply chain. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're experiencing the same thing. Yeah, our sand and finisher was having a hard time getting discs for a sanding machine. And, you know, a uh, phone call the other day, we do a nail and glue assist on all of our wider boards, of course. And while there's there's no uh, tube glue anymore, or they're running short shortages. Yeah, we're, we're dealing with all of that same stuff. Yeah, I've talked to two large glue manufacturers, and they said that there's things that that haven't even been discussed, like the the freeze that they had down in Texas caused an explosion, and there's a, a material that was damaged. Somebody was telling me that there's a large adhesive manufacturer in Germany that had a landslide that wiped out the railway lines. So they can't, even if they wanted to, they can't get the material in or out. Then you have the problems with COVID and labor and, yep. you know, when he... Uh, shipping, like, like yeah. yeah, some of the containers and stuff like that, they're not... Well, the shipping costs, yeah. I the mean, containers that's, are going crazy now. So, yet, yeah. yet another another issue. I mean, most of our stuff, most of our flooring in that is domestic, but... Uh, you know, uh, everybody's being affected by the shipping costs because the containers coming to and from, from China are, are warranting a bigger dollar. So everybody's moving their ships to China and uh, the few containers that are left over here, guess what? They cost as much as shipping a container all the way from China. So, Absolutely. Are, are the species pretty much the same? It's, it's the red oak, white oak, maybe a little maple, birch we yeah. can't even get a hold of now. It, people seem to think that there are other species that are just so proprietary to Canada. Everyone thinks, well, it must be all maple up there, but most of what we ship no. in maple, we send to Canada. Yeah, no, actually, you know what? It's funny because most of the maple uh, production in Canada 
is used for making maple syrup. So we, we don't actually cut a whole lot of maple trees. I, I know that uh, almost all of the maple uh, from the, the three mills that we deal with in the East all comes from the yeah, States. Yeah, Northeastern United States. Right. Yeah. I see companies yeah. that have maple and it says made in Canada and you ask, they go, well, we shipped it lumber here then we turn it into i never thought about the maple syrup so get somebody this is so uh, off the edge but anyway somebody asked me the other day they brought over duck eggs so what i whatever and i said well you know you never see a, a turkey egg you think that'd make a heck of an omelet so we got discussing well i looked it up they said that the turkey itself is so much more valuable as a turkey that they would never sell or cook the eggs Oh, makes sense. What's an egg way, right? And and yeah. you can get a twenty six pound turkey out of each of those. You keep them. It's probably like your maple trees. Don't cut them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to uh, alter what you're selling your customer and say, well, listen, this is what you would like, and it's going to be twelve weeks, or these are the things that we have. If you're in a hurry, or how are you working that? I, I, I yeah, I, it's kind of that's kind of part of the beginning of the questions. It's like, what are you looking for? You know, what's your budget? What's, uh, you know, when, when are you looking to put it in? Oh, you're renovating your building. What other things are you doing? And they may say that they'll need it next month, but they're, they haven't ordered their cabinets yet. They haven't been packing them. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. true. You're that lady. You're going to be the one with the bring your drawer in, bring your cabinet in. We're going to. Oh, yeah. But if they're saying they're, they haven't ordered their cabinets yet, well, cabinets right now are worse backlog than what we are, right? So, uh, sure. Same supply chain. (laughs) Do either of you have an opinion on when I was running my showroom? People would bring in, let's say, a a drawer or a cabinet. It's you know, door or something. There are times that matching the floor in that is a is a very poor idea, and there are times that aren't because, as you would know, Leona, between the the geometry of that vertical surface and how it can reflect light, and then it seems to me you get a you know a gunstock floor or a chocolate brown floor. In the, in, at noontime, it looks like that, but once the sun goes down, it just looks like a big dark brown floor. Yeah, and it's a lot, it's too much sometimes. It's all the same, but you almost need something to break it up some sort now of way. How would you product. coach that for a customer that's kind of looking at what they want to do? You know, they bring in a cabinet door. Where do you start? Well, I usually try to, to stay in the same color family, I guess. You know, yep. so um, if, it's, if it's kind of a reddish brown, as long as we're kind of maybe a lighter version of that or pull some of the tan out of it or, you know, so something that still complements each other, but it's not match match. I'm not really a matchy matchy. I don't really. No, you said you, you pull. Matter. I learned that from my mother-in-law. She was an artist. She would say, well, we're going to pull, you know, I can't say oh. tan, but taupe. We're going to pull taupe and bone yeah. and brown and whatever the, the, the cool colors are. And then um, Greg, so when, all this goes down at what point do you jump in and with whether or not you think it's you're thinking about the subfloor you're thinking about the heat the humidity the timing of everything do you where do you jump in on the whole decision or do you both do it together with the client uh, the decision kind of is, is kind of done from myself and then i'll i'll put it to greg saying they're getting cabinets which should happen about mid-October. Clients are hoping to go by the end of October. So then he'll talk to them about his scheduling, asking what their other things that they're doing, and you know, you know, do they have their, you know, do they have a humidifier? And he'll kind of check all those kind of little tick boxes on his end. But that's all sold and signed when he sees it. So. Yeah, and Leona, when I say that, I'm more the technical side of it. It's usually. Uh, Leona's well versed in all the products that we carry and and knows you know 
yeah, enough enough about them to not get us in any trouble as far as <laughs> what she's selling and you know in but uh, you know it's it's more so when we're looking at new products, uh, you know, new adhesives, new uh, new anything. Uh, then, then, then I, I get involved in, in making sure that it's, you know, that we're, we're using it in the manner in which it's supposed to be used and that we know everything about it, you know, uh, and, and, and when we're working with the, with a new product with our contractors, it's okay, well, this is a new product and here's how it has to go down, uh, as opposed to, you know, just, them figure it out. Yeah. yeah, the distributor walked by and gave us this new product, and here you are, and we're installing it today. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, so what we when we how we work together is there a new adhesive. Greg will Greg will come to me and say, okay, I want to use this adhesive now from now on, and then I'll find out all the specs as to you know, what the coverage is and all of that. But then I use that adhesive, and that's just the adhesive that we use. <laughs> and, I, and he's got all the technical part of it. I'm sure your installers say, by the way, the adhesive, buy more of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, well, sometimes yeah, sometimes no. There's but yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, some of the, they'll they'll be like, oh, this stuff is great. It spreads like butter and it's yeah, you know exactly. blah, blah blah blah. And then versus, so they really don't like using the old adhesive. So we start, okay, well, you know what? Okay, it's working and it's getting results. Okay, we're going to use the one you guys like because that'll make your life easier. And if you're happy, we're happy. We get a lot of input from the from the guys in the field in regards to the products that we're working with, uh, and we don't carry products that they don't want to work with because all of the guys really want to put in the best product that they possibly can. And if they're having to fight with adhesives, if they're having to fight with product, uh, you know, the grooves are fitting together like they're just, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. And they're complaining and grumbling and yeah. We, and, we hear about it from them because, and you, you have to listen to those guys because, because they do it. It, it, you know, I mean, all, the guys that do it, that's all, that's all they do. They install hardwood floors five days a week, eight, nine hours a day. And so they, they know something. <laughs> yeah, None of you want to get that call. Uh, hey, you have to come look at this. That's not a good phone call to get. Yeah. Even yeah. worse is the, I'm holding up on my check and <laughs> okay, we got a problem. Yeah. There's a problem, Houston. Yeah. Hey, Wood Floor Pros. This is Kim Walgren, the editor of Wood Floor Business. If you're on social media, Make sure you join the thousands of Wood Floor Pros following Wood Floor Business on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Pinterest, and Twitter. You'll see the latest articles, news, and wood flooring memes, and see all the opportunities to get your own stories, photos, and funny captions in the printed pages of Wood Floor Business. That's it for now. Let's get back to our conversation with Canadian wood floor retailers, Greg and Leona Cook of Touchwood Flooring. Well, you're you're eight time consumer award winners. Your distributors must be uh, offering to take you around the world. I would think. Uh, do you have more? You have more than one major distributor for you folks, or? Uh, we, we, we've got um, we, we we deal with like three Canadian mills mainly, and then we have a, a line out of Europe. Out of, uh, oh, so do you get your lines more? direct or directly that's the difference that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like here yeah. you you can't really do that you've got to go through wholesale distribution because yeah, with, with the exception um we do buy some chinese products and they're all through wholesalers through wholesale. yeah. and they're wholesalers that we've dealt with for years and we buy solid wood from them and like we 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 want um local representation for the products yeah you know, and I mean, it's... We don't want to bring a container in from China ourselves. And no. And be responsible for it. We want somebody else to be the, be the one that's 
yeah. going to help us out with it. I mean, no we would prefer to sell Canadian products, but I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, the budget is what the budget is, and sure. you know, the, uh, a lot of the offshore products. Are, and and I think that, uh, we need to clarify that there is actually a difference between uh, a product that's manufactured in China and a Chinese product. Right. So I mean, there there are lots of lots of mills in China that that you know just sell their products around the world and that type of thing, as opposed to you know a lot of well, I, I all of the products that we carry that are manufactured in China are manufactured for somebody in China, and of course that means that they have their quality control on the ground in China, making sure that the, you know, because the Chinese philosophy on, on manufacturing is that the quality control is the responsibility of the customer. So, uh-huh. you know, I mean, if, you, if you're going to manufacture in China, you better have somebody there to make sure that it's going the way that it's supposed to. And we're, and we're not set up to buy containers of Chinese product. No, we're not a big... We're, we're not that big. And at the same time, yeah, it's, it's we, everything when people come in the door, it's very custom. What would you like today? Yeah. And not, not for trying to mass sell this great price. So they're, they're all cut orders. They, if the people oh. need 720 feet, they get 720 feet. That's exactly. what they get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We order directly from the manufacturer and we order what we need when we need it. Because <laughs> our experience, you've got, you're in a tough business because quite frankly, my experience with stock is whatever I've got, nobody wants. <laughs> right? Yes. Or somebody says, you know what happens? The mills will say, listen, we know you really need this product. Why don't uh, you take three pallets of common off my hands and three pa- have two common off my hands, which we don't sell, and the price is so good, and you're doing them a favor in that relationship, so y- you do it. It's like when yeah. you see seven really big Hollywood stars in one movie, you know it's a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, Tom Hanks had to get Mr. Rogers or he never would have got the big ones. So it's, yeah. it, you see this coming and we look at it and you say it. I look in my warehouse and sometimes I go, wow, wow that stuff was supposed to fly out the door. Yeah. Well, I know. And you know what? And it's such a good deal. And, 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 it's, and it was the color. And then people are like, oh, I don't want that width. Or I don't want that glass level. Like, oh. Yeah. And then you, then you, it sits and it sits and it sits and it sits and then we blow it out the door and we need oh my god! You must tell people. <laughs> you're not telling people to buy five percent. Then you've got to be. You're probably telling them it's got to be seven, eight, nine, ten percent. I would think at least because our people have it so razor sharp that unless it's a stock item, we we make them buy another box. It is yeah. definitely not worth going back to China for the one gun stock color they don't make anymore. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Actually, we usually, I mean, especially on the wider boards, because I mean, uh, uh, especially if you're in, in a project where you're going uh, throughout the entire house, you've got a lot of starting and stopping and you've got a lot of waste. And if you've got a two and a quarter inch board and you're two inches away from the wall, you're not wasting a whole lot. But if you're putting in a seven inch plank and you're now two inches away from the wall, you're cutting off five inches and throwing it away. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, so your waste goes up pretty. We we stair step up our waste. I mean, we still use five percent on the two and a quarter stuff, but can't remember the last time we installed one of those. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll as a general, yeah. When we're our, say our product that we bring in from the Netherlands, we'll usually tack on ten percent as a cutting allowance. But it's all seven and nine inch stuff. So 
Greg, how did you get into all of this? It, it seems like you've been doing this since like high school. How did you go straight? No, I got a feeling we graduated. I didn't get into the hard flooring business. Actually, Leona's as we. Leona mentioned she she started working and I was working in the restaurant business and uh, I was running it was yeah you know the restaurant businesses that those getting off work at two and three o'clock in the morning was getting kind of old Leona and I were married and it was it was time to start thinking about what I wanted to do when I grew up so uh, and then so one of the guys at the office there was looking for a helper and Greg thought oh yeah, that might be kind of. I'll maybe do that for a while. See, see how it. You know, just maybe until I find something else. And, yeah. And kind of so I actually started sanding, finishing. finishing yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So I got I got thrown in the middle of a few gymnasium floors, and you learn how to run a big machine running <laughs> on when you, when you're walking back and forth for eight hours a day in a huge gym. Eight hundred feet backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and even though the crazy hours that he worked, it was still better than the restaurant hours. So. Yeah. So, uh, so from uh, and and that was back. I, I was mostly sanding and finishing, but uh, that was back in the day when everything was site finished, and most of the crews did installations, and then they pulled out the sander and they started sanding and finishing. Uh, so, so I got well versed on both sides of it. Uh, but I've always been, I've actually, I firmly, I firmly believe in the specialist. I think that uh, if you install every day, you can drive around with the right tools and do a good job. And you're better at it. If you do that every day, than if you're installing for three or four days and then you drag out your sanding equipment and then you do that for a couple of days i'm not i'm not saying there aren't people out there that do both but i just think that if you're sanding and finishing every day you're really good at it and and i've i was i i do do both i was not the best sand and finisher out there i was better at installing uh but i think that you know like i you can tell the guys that are really good at sanding and finishing because i think there's an artistic side to that that uh, well there is on both sides the install and the sand and finish but more so the the finishing part of it actually that goes to say that people that install harder floors every day versus the guys that install vinyl plank for a week and then this time they got a harder job and then they install they're not going to have all the equipment and the tools and they're not, they're just not in that mindset. Right. So, do you stock, yeah. do you stock supplies of certain things for your guys like staples, cleats, paper, underlay, or do they just, they bring all that to the job. They're good to go. You know what? There's, there's certain stuff like the, all the adhesives and that we supply all of the adhesives fasteners. No, because I mean, um, Actually, everybody's all of the almost all the products out there these days are it, the cleats is what's recommended. So it, so that's kind of a standardized thing. And the guys supplied the, our price per square foot includes a certain amount for fasteners. So they supply their own fasteners. But but any of the adhesives, uh, underlays, all of that kind of stuff, we supply, we supply out. Because yeah. then we know that they're using. They're using what we. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. then we can warranty that better, right? And you will. What about will you sell an unfinished? You know, just strip oak floor. Yep. Yeah. And then, but you don't keep that in stock. That you would order too. We would. Yeah, we'd order that, that too. That would end up in most cases through a supplier. Yes. Okay. That just one of the, because yeah. we don't do an awful lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 uh, uh, with us. There is. Well, now it's there. There used to be three distributors of hardwood flooring products in in Alberta here in our province. Uh, that, that's down to two now, and we deal with 
we deal with both of the both of the main distributors of hardwood flooring products. So, so we can pull from from any of those. But I mean, it's getting tough to actually find unfinished wood out there. Yeah, one of the mills that we deal with does produce unfinished square edge, but uh, but it's not. It's most of the sanding and finishing that we do is refinishing because Lord knows there's enough hardwood prefinished hardwood floors out there that are getting to that twenty year life cycle that they need to be sanded down. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they're all dark, shiny maple. <laughs> <laughs> what is with the dark, shiny maple? Oh, it was, it was the thing ago, about 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, and yeah, and, it's, and it looks horrible right now. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Most flooring people would run in fear of even trying to stain maple. But yeah. In that case, you paint it black, yeah. throw an yeah. enamel over it. Our, um, our fellow that does our sanding for us, he's been doing it since we opened our doors. So he's he, he followed us over from another company, and he does work for other people in town too, but he does all of our sanding finishing. We don't go anywhere else other than him. Do you, are you do you do um, Monday through Friday, or do you have re- retail hours like Saturdays and Sundays and things? Uh, we, before COVID, we were every Saturday we were open, Monday to, Monday to Saturday. Right. And once COVID hit, then we started by appointment only. Right. And so we're not open on Saturdays anymore, and we'll we'll come in by appointment, and that's the only time that we'll we'll come in on the weekends now. So it's much better. I think that COVID has some benefits. Can you can you? I'm just thinking. Can you travel together, or do you have to? Somebody has to run the shop. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that's that's. Uh, we're we're just working our way through that. We we have taken off this summer. We took a week okay. off. And we just closed the shop uh, again. It, as long as you know you've well, got to close the shop. But I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you came back Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it didn't it didn't work all that well. But uh, yeah, we still by appointment, right? So we still kind of come in and did our thing, whatever. But we we're still working our way through that. I mean, you know, I mean, when we a lot of what we do, I mean, like everybody else, a phone and a computer, and you can do a lot of things. A lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, so as long as we've, we've let our customers know if, if our plans are, if we are going to travel, I'm not going to book any jobs because as good as our guys are at dealing with problems and that kind of stuff, I don't want to have that phone call from my customer saying there's a problem on the job site. Can you come down here? Well, I could, but I have to get on a plane and I won't be there until a week, you know, next week. But uh, so anyway, I, we just won't book any jobs for actual installs while we're while we're traveling but all the other things that we deal with which on means that we're not going anywhere for more than a week for you guys it's got to be hard to just get up and and go you know take a break and go travel i would think because you're, you're busy but uh, well, we're busy but you know and we always have up until covid we had more staff so there's always somebody here like there's always somebody answering the phone or and we and then we still did our thing from where we were um we were in mexico so we like to Go down there and uh, oh, that's nice. We're all set up on a computer, and we answer our calls at the end of the day and the beginning of the day, and then we go have some fun in the meantime. And uh, um, but but it, it's good now. It's we've, we've let some of the staff go because of COVID, and we're trying to see if we can make it without hiring them back, and we'll see. We'll see. Well, so, let's so put that, it that means it's just the two of us. So we'll shut her down for the week, and no appointments this week, and um, the appointments will be the week after. So yeah. I mean, hopefully we get to back to, to where we were because we, we haven't. I mean, you know what? We're doing okay because, of course, we had to we reduced our overhead costs. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, at, at some point in time, you you get to the point where, okay, is this good enough? And we stay the way that we are or 
it's you know what we we, we start hiring people back and and you know there's 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 pros and cons to both you know i mean uh, god bless our staff they're great but you know if you have one problem one person working for you you've got a problem if you've got two people you've got two <laughs> problems <laughs> if they're friends you got five times the problem yeah yeah, yeah. 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 it's just it's changed the way that we've done this with COVID just because now we're all by a we never used to be and now I'm the only one, I'm the first contact where I used to have other people that would meet up the clients and then I maybe won't measure after that. Or for now I'm handling it right from start to finish and I don't know, we're, we're, we're doing better business and yeah, and the customers seem to be happy and I don't know, I think there's maybe some good to be said if we're, if we're touching everything, so I don't know. So. But, but we're limiting ourselves because you can only, do so much you, can only, only, you can only do as much as you can do yeah. personally. So the, there's a downside. Uh, and then to that. there's other things that some of the stuff that maybe we have the staff do, we're, it's just not getting done now, right? So you know, well maybe we don't need to update that list or do this or you know. You know. We, we don't spend a lot of time creating make work. Kim Walgren and I were talking uh, from Wood Floor Business Magazine about vinyl plank, SPC, WPC, LVT, all of that, and I, it it struck me that in the wholesale side of it. It's it's sweeping part of the nation as far as uh, wholesale distribution is part of our package. Like our southern stores sell a lot of it, and with there being no wood, it's been helpful. But then, like my client base being a flooring contractor, my big client base are my floor guys and my pro flooring people, and it's not something they're thrilled about. They and same as me. Listen, it's not made of wood. I, I really don't want a lot to do with it. But are yeah. you finding where are you, where are you folks in that whole thing with the synthetic yeah, versus yeah. the hardwood? We don't like it. Yeah. Like we, I, 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 we have houses right now that are they're like anywhere from five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand, eight hundred thousand, and they're putting final plant throughout the entire house and tons of it right now. And so they're a custom home builder with vinyl plank. Meanwhile, they have granite countertops and high-end cabinets, but they're doing vinyl plank throughout. And it just, it kills me because, you know, going back like three years ago, nobody would have put lino throughout their entire house. But yet they're putting this stupid plastic floor now. I, I'm such a, well, Rick said earlier, we're wood snobs. We, ugh. It's, I, and I have a hard time selling it. It's, it's like, what? Well, <laughs> I, I, I think... To- the, the reality of looking at it is is that uh, it's going to, in my opinion, for a couple of reasons, it's going to run its course. One is vinyl plank is not the if and and all. That, that people are making it out to be. Hardwood flooring replacement. It's not. It's it's a piece of plastic that you're going to walk on. If you're lucky, you're going to get 10 to 12 years out of it. And then you're going to take that environmental mess that that it, the manufacturing process, the product, everything, it doesn't biodegrade. You're going to take it and you're going to throw it in the garbage and you're going to start all over again with, you know, is it cheap? Yes. I mean, that's the only thing that it's got going for it is that it's cheap. And I, I get it with some people, you know, the budget is what the budget is. We want something to look nice. But I think that uh, this current trend with it going into new homes and that, and with the way that people move around these days, I think that uh, people are going to realize that, uh, you know, Joe across the street is selling his house after five years. We're selling our house after five years. We have vinyl plank. He has hardwood flooring and he just sold his house for $20,000 more for the exact same house right across the street. And ours is still on the market and we can't sell it. Why? Because vinyl plank's not never going to add anything to your, you know, your, your sellability of your home, that type of thing. And, and I mean, 
hands down, you know, it's not a replacement. Final plank is not a replacement for hardwood floor. Hardwood floor, we've always been big fans of, even the engineered products that we carry has to have a decent wear layer on it so that you can get two to three sandings out of it so that it's got a lifespan of, you know, 40, 50 years at least, you know, and of course a three quarter inch solid hardwood floor. Well, this week we were sanding a floor that was done and was originally installed in 1954, you know, and it's three eighths inch. It was originally three eighths inch thick and it's still there, still doing its job, you know, that type of thing. So, you know, the vinyl plank thing I think is, is, is going to go away for, for, for those reasons. And for the fact that, I mean, as we go along further and further with the environmental consciousness of, you know, the world just being elevated, you can't make vinyl products and throw them in the garbage every 10 years. And, and, you know, and, and, and say that you're doing your, your part, you know, like I I get it, you know, a vinyl siding on the side of the house, that's going to be there for a hundred years. Okay. Well, that's a little bit of vinyl that's going to go on that house. It's going to be there for a very, very long time. But if you're putting in vinyl products and replacing them every 10 years or eight years or 12 years, that amortization is not going to pay off in the long run. So that's, that's our, that's my thoughts on it. I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for is that hardwood flooring will, will, will eventually, you know, the pros of it will be seen and the downsides of the vinyl planks and the laminates of the world will will just be seen what for what they are just a, a temporary fill-in gap cheap oh, a cheap temporary floor yeah. I, you know absolutely i have to work both lines of it so i use it as training wheels you know yeah. you get the new millennials etc they're getting properties and rentals and flipping and you know it maybe they don't have the money well fine put put that stuff in there because the next owner buyer is going to say well the first thing i'd like to invest in is the hardwood flooring and and greg you said it i i have a house that's um aluminum sided we put it in addition that's wood and i wasn't going to rip the whole rest of the house apart it looks identical even standing right directly in front of it but if you put anything artificial as far as flooring in my house you would spot it a hundred miles away yeah i've had people put in a dining room and then rip the rest of the laminate out of the house because the dining room proved it wasn't going to match with what they had yeah yeah (laughs) it's painful these days spending you spending an hour on the phone with the customer we want to know we've got this hardwood floor but it's only it's only two and a quarter inch solid oak and should we sand it down and refinish it or should we put vinyl plank over top of it <laughs> so after i'm done pounding my head on the yeah. desk b. Option b. Option b. <laughs> that's when i killed him your honor <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know we do that here you, you can here in new england you, you can go in someone's house and and they'll say do you think there might be floors under this and by the age of the house you go, no there are floors under that now what they yeah. look like is a whole other ball of wax because yeah. yeah. people were supposed yeah. to live off carpets in the 1950s for five or six or seven years and people like my parents kept them 30 40 years and yeah. used to steam clean them and dampen them and uh it, it was brutal as, and as, they're talking with asthma and that. <laughs> yeah. as, as a former installer uh I've, I've ripped out enough carpet to know what's underneath of it. And, and yeah, and we've never had carpet in our house ever. ever. So. <laughs> if you want to be sick for a day, rip out a carpet in a house. Uh, that yeah. stuff is, is brutal. It's, especially when they've got pets. Yeah. And, you know, and that's to me where the vinyl plank will kind of maybe, to me, if you have carpet, vinyl plank, okay, yeah, that's better than carpet. Okay. <laughs> I like telling people, you know what, the one place 
here in 100 years we don't have, we don't own is the basement. So fine. If I will tell the supplier, if you can give me an um, an SPC, which are my favorite, if they're made of stone, I, I, I like them better. If it yeah. looks like the hardwood flooring upstairs, and I know we cannot put that down there for any reason, let yeah. we'll go with that. Or maybe yeah. you own an ocean property and you don't. You're going to just rent it constantly, and you don't. Yeah. You know people are going to just beat the tar out of it. I, I have somebody we rent their house every year on Cape Cod, and it was all. Uh, um, like a laminate, like an LVT, and it, it looked nice enough. And then yeah. they sold their house in Maine and moved there. What do you think they did? They ripped all of that yeah. out and put a hardwood floor in. And they bought yeah. it from me. So that was yeah. good. You know, I, I, I mean, we're, we're generalizing, but I mean, there, there, are, there are places for it. And again, it gets back to, you know what, I mean, the budget is the budget is, and there's lots of reasons. If I had a rental property, I probably would put in something, you know, inexpensive, inexpensive an LVT or something like that. So that, you know, if, if I get 10 years out of it, great. And then I rip it out and throw it away. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, I totally get that. Uh, but if, most, you're, if, you're, if you're putting into your house or your forever house or your something that you want to be in for a while or have some good resale value on it, then you should be putting hard. Most most of it that we do will be for the customer that has done the whole rest of the house, but they've got little kids and they like to play f- hockey in the basement. Right. Okay, I've, I've got the floor for you. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That'll do it. Are there? Everybody has their little you know flooring pet peeves. Are, are there different little pet peeves that bother you in in the in the industry or in the day to day? Are they different from a design aspect? and a installer background. We always ask people, is there something in, in the industry or something in the trade or something you do that really annoys you? And some people will say, well, it's staining floors or it's um, the dust or it's, you know, whatever it is. I'm, I didn't know if it's different in design. I, I work with a lot of my customers. Sometimes my pet peeve is when they just refuse to understand that what just because their customer has money, they can't just have everything that they want because it's just not smart to do so. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 there's always going to be those people. And, and of course they, they come to you as the professional, but when you, when you don't give them the answer, when, when you don't tell them what they're thinking, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know their narrative, all of, a sudden, all of a sudden you're not the expert anymore. They are. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think probably my biggest pet peeve is that um, for people building a house, um, they have to finalize all their plumbing and their lighting first before they get to the flooring, right? Oh. So they have to get, because that's how the house is going to proceed because they don't know how to wire it and how to run the plumbing light. So they have to pick all their lighting fixtures and all their plumbing fixtures prior before they get to my door. And then we're, we're doing a whole house and they're like, oh, this is so much money. I got to I gotta cheapen it up a bit. Meanwhile, they've spent $1,000 on a faucet and like all these things. It's like, you know, if you could start with something, you can replace that faucet three years from now or that light fixture in the bathroom or in the hall but meanwhile you've gone you've blown your budget on that and now you're coming to the flooring and you're going how cheap can we do the flooring that should last the life of the house <laughs> is, in canada is it different is <laughs> in canada is our painters still the natural born enemy of hardwood flooring contractors <laughs> just to see i'm wondering because here they, here they are it's just how it you goes. You know what? Uh, yeah, n- <laughs> no, no. I. You know, in our industry right now, I think that right now in the floor, they're, they're have, there's a real hard, hard, people are having a hard time getting good tile guys. And I think that's probably our biggest problem 
with our guys working on site, Katai has just like, why did you leave it like that? And then we've got to fit up to you, like, like because there's not a lot of good tile guys out there at the moment. And here anyway. In Edmonton, yeah. Do you know who the probably finest hardwood flooring contractor in the world is? And they're from Canada. I, I don't either. But, the, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you why I say this. Because every time we would do a floor, this invisible person would show up and the customer would call and say, um, my, cousin, my cousin's painter from Canada said you didn't coat this floor right. Oh, Where okay. is his cousin's yeah. friend's painter from Canada that always knows that we don't know what we're doing? Yeah. I swear they hide around the corner. They wait till our van leaves, and then they, they call the homeowner in and say, I really don't think they gave you six coats on this. I think there's only one. There's always somebody with an opinion. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's, there's all kinds of experts out there. Yeah, that's for, that's sure. for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we necessarily have painter guys that cross this group. It's more tile guys. I think. No, I, I, I think my arch nemesis will be the uh, site supervisor who's building the house that uh you know he falls behind with some of his other trades or supplies that type of thing yeah. so starts doing things out of order it contrary to everybody's you know like okay we shouldn't be in there now yeah. this is way too soon yeah. for us yeah. and yeah yeah i you know uh, when you're standing on your your hardwood floor that you did a month ago and the painter's there on his scaffold painting the ceiling and the electrician is on a ladder over in the other corner, and the site supervisor is asking you why your hardwood floor dents so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and he hasn't covered it up, or yeah, yeah. yeah you know what? So <laughs> you I, gotta that, prefer to that's, be the that's last why person. Our nemesis yeah. is like you realistically, you know, like okay, let's put the hardwood floor in. I mean, we do mostly pre-finished stuff. Let's put that in, put the baseboards on, do paint touch-ups, and give it to the customer in pristine condition. Yeah. Please, you know. Please, yeah. yeah. We last, put the floor in three flooring should be last floor. of the last of the, yeah. the last, basically. Yeah. That's oh. probably the arch nemesis. Yeah, <laughs> or custom, you know, or even retail customers that they just don't know, and they and they don't want to listen because their painter wanted to go, you know, whatever, or the towel guy wanted to go first or whatever. So, you know, uh, just things getting done out of out of order. That's 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 the biggest. But you guys are fun. <laughs> we we had we've had we had the flooring of uh, contractor uh, of the year award winners and um the magazine had said well we we need to talk to maybe some people that are a couple in flooring um that's you i think that's it i don't think there's two other guys <laughs> or, but maybe they're divorced <laughs> well you know, yeah. there's, there's one other but they got a restraining order going right now yeah <laughs> it, it, it's interesting to see that you you work so well together and it's uh, you know we, we all got a lot out of this industry i mean i've put two kids through college and myself through college and we've i've done a lot i didn't think i would be involved in any of this and i once you're in you don't seem to be able to get out of it you're winded yeah. somewhere yeah the guy I, I i often talk to the gentleman who got us involved and i still tell him how much i hate him <laughs> 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 he's not on your boxing day list no yeah. no gifts for him <laughs> Okay, I get you. Well, yeah. listen, folks, I really appreciate you hanging out with me. It's It's been fun. Yeah, that was great. Well, maybe great we'll talk again soon. Let's get rid of this COVID. Let's bring in some yeah. more flooring, and let's, let's all get wealthy, and then we can sail around the world. That sounds good. Pencil us in. Yeah. All right. All right, Leona and Greg, thank you very much for spending time with me. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. All righty. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Wood Floor. To read more about Canadian wood flooring retailers Greg and Leona Cook, check out their Wood Floor Business Outstanding Retailers Award profile in the August-September 2021 issue, which can also be found digitally at our website, woodfloorbusiness.com. If you don't subscribe to Wood Floor Business, be sure to fill out the quick subscription form on the website too.